0: So, just by way of reminder, the author here is John Mark, and he's writing to the early church who was living under the rulership of Caesar Nero. And as we heard constantly, Nero is a wicked man and he seeks the destruction of the church. So, he seeks to persecute the church. The events that Mark recorded help the early church and also believers who would be reading the gospel knowledge would be us to understand that they hated your savior they hated jesus and they will hate you as john chapter 15 18 records if the world hates you know that it hated me before it hated you yet in this passage we get to see the blessing or the soon blessing of entrusting ourselves to jesus so verse 53 begins with Jesus' capturers leading him to the high priest. Now it is important to understand who the high priest actually is and what the high priest believe. So the high priest, as stated in Matthew 26, 57, which would be a synoptic gospel, was Caiaphas. He was from a Jewish sect called the Sadducees. Now the Sadducees were rich men in high positions who sought to be pleasers of Rome. Now, to please Rome was not the reason that they sought the death of Jesus, but what they believed. The Jews did not agree with the teaching of Jesus that there was an afterlife, or even the existence of spiritual beings. For we see in Mark chapter 12, verse 18, that the Sadducees were the ones who would say that there is no resurrection they were constantly in opposition against Jesus due to his teachings about heaven and his deity. So we see an event, and this is just for example, and was referenced before in Mark chapter two, verse five, where Jesus healed the paralytic man. So it says, and when Jesus saw their faith, he said to a paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. So this event would have angered Caiaphas when he heard of it because who could forgive sins but God? So the Pharisees, Herodians and Sadducees wanted to destroy Jesus. They might all have had different reasons but the end result was the same. Jesus' destruction was a must. From sermons in the past, we see in Mark chapter 3, verse 6, they held counsel on how they made destroy Jesus. But the Gospel of John, which records the events of Jesus' life, death, burial, and resurrection, but from a different viewpoint, places Caiaphas as one of Jesus' chief enemies. In verse 47 of John 11, all of Jesus' enemies were gathered together to decide what they would do with Jesus for fear of the Romans coming to take the nation. Caiaphas then stated, in John chapter 11 verse 49 to 50 it is better for one man meaning Jesus to perish than for all persons now let me just drive home how evil and how much hate Caiaphas had towards Jesus in John he stated that it was for the preservation of the nation it was better that the one man would die than for whom to destroy them yet Pontius Pilate, a Roman governor, who heard of the accounts of Jesus, even though many accounts were distorted, did not see Jesus' actions as deserving of death. Matthew 27 records that Pilate knew it was out of envy that Jesus was delivered and sought to give Jesus a sort of escape by offering up Barabbas to be crucified rather than Jesus. Yet, the Pharisees encouraged the crowd to crucify Jesus. The Roman governor, although a sinner, although an unjust man, did not see Jesus' actions as one that would plunge a city into chaos that Rome would have to destroy the people of the nation. Not only was the final decision between Barnabas and Jesus where Caiaphas' intentions were shown, but his actions leading up. So we see in verse 55 to 56, which reads, Now the chief priests and the whole council were seeking testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but they found none. For many bore false witness against him, but their testimony did not agree. So we see prior to that, they were all gathered together in the middle of the night, And they did not have an honest witness against Jesus. Therefore, they had to make up statements that Jesus did not say in order to get him crucified. Through these actions, we see that they clearly wanted Jesus gone. They really wanted Jesus destroyed. So this leads us to the first point, which is, doing the Father's will brings enemies. So I'm sure we either know of or have experienced a case where our relationship with a friend, a co-worker, a neighbor changed because you were friends with their enemy. Actually, it might not even be a case that you were friends with them. You might have just been acquaintances or has said a kind word or a kind thing about them and that changed the total relationship between you and them yes us humans we can be very petty so mark's letter here to the church as they live under nero and to the believer as you live in barbados in 2023 is that they hated your savior jesus is a sinner's enemy and they will hate you also you can be pleasant good looking good at your job a good student a loving neighbor And they will hate you because Jesus is your Lord. Jesus is your friend. Having this knowledge helps us to brace ourselves for a life of possible hardship from our neighbors. So look, Jesus was literally slandered in the passage. The witnesses lied on him because they had nothing bad to say about him. Do expect the same treatment. Your co-worker may possibly lie on you because you are always telling them about their need to repent and turn to Christ. Your friend may seek to shun you because you call them to trust in Christ and live a life pleasing towards God. Christians should understand that these scenarios that I just mentioned, these are not far-fetched scenarios but could easily be your reality tomorrow as you go to your workplace or as you meet with a friend. So brace yourselves for it. For the guys and possibly some of the females here who played rough as children, you might know that an unexpected gut punch hurt much worse than an expected one that you were able to brace for it. The persecuted church reading the Gospel of Mark about the life of Jesus, and Christians afterwards should understand, to us, and even to a certain extent, expect the possibility of lies and ridicule. These things are real. Yet by understanding these things, and possibly understanding, yet by understanding these things and the possibility of occurrences, we can prepare our hearts and our minds. So whether it be Jesus' betrayal by Judas or the slander of lies, Jesus kept his composure throughout all of this. He did not repay evil with evil, but he repaid evil with good. Verse 61, when they asked if he had anything to say, he remained silent. Jesus' silence here is him understanding that this was the Father's will. Yes, these men were liars, And indeed, this was a wicked act done by Caiaphas and the others, but this was the Father's will. This was the way that sinners would be saved and have fellowship with God. Jesus repaid evil with good by entrusting himself to the Father's will. So believer, knowing that the Father is sovereign, that though you lose your job, your house, your money, or the respect of others, that this indeed is the Father's will, that nothing can happen unless God ordained it. This aids you as you persevere. This does not remove the effect of a blow, but you are able to stand after taking it. You are able to know that wicked men did not just thrive here in this situation, but just as the Father ordained the death of Jesus, just as he used the wicked high priest to rightly prophesy about Jesus and how he would bless the nations, he uses sinners' sin to make you look more like Jesus. He uses it to direct you where he would have you to go in different seasons of your life and to make his name known and to showcase his glory to the nations. We don't have the end view of a situation in sight, but we do know what some of the goals of a situation can produce. Knowing this does not take away the hurt or the pain, but it enables us to stand and persevere for the things of Christ. So the first point was doing the Father's will will bring enemies. And the second point is quite the opposite. Not doing the Father's will Is us in fitting in. So a few sermons ago or a few verses ago in Mark chapter 14, verse 31, Peter makes a bold proclamation. And he says that even if he is to die, he will not deny Jesus. Even though Jesus tells him that he'll deny him three times. After Peter cuts off the ear of the guard who came to arrest Jesus in the garden, Peter is seen with the rest of the disciples fleeing from their friend's side. They're seeing fleeing from the side of Jesus, their beloved brother. Instantly, in that moment, I would add, as fear of death or imprisonment grasped them, they fled from Jesus. Yet, Peter followed, not to be seen by the officers who arrested Jesus, but to carefully see where his master would be taken and what would have happened to him the act of fleeing when Peter did not know if Jesus would be put to death helps us to see the act of Peter denying Jesus three times was clearly a possibility when Jesus told him it. It was easier to say such a thing as I will die if I have to when there was safety and hardship was not present but when the possibility of hardship was introduced, Peter fled he clung to the physical things instead of clinging to his Savior. Peter is seen in Mark chapter 14, 54. After he had followed behind Jesus, sitting in the courtyard of the high priest, blending in well with the servants, warming himself as his Savior stood, accused by lawyers, saying things that he did not say. So then how can we look the world are some like the world by not seeing or doing anything that the lord commands us by not being obedient to the commands of god we fit nicely in with a bunch of worldly men we might protect our physical bodies our possessions or even our statuses but we lose our fellowship with god it is easy to want to fit in I don't believe that people seek to purposely be ridiculed or have persons hate them for no reasons. Or I mean, we shouldn't. Yet, the believer is called to stand out, to be vastly different from the world and not to love the things of the world. One act of compromise can lead to a set of backsliding actions. It can lead to us falling back into sin that the Lord had freed us from previously. Peter's backsliding started with Cordus not wanting to be seen with Jesus as hardship came and then it ended with him denying Jesus three times. In the 21st century, we have different sets of temptations. Kaduman has just passed. But know that the art of looking at lewd behavior, whether it be at the event, on the particular day or even from photos or videos where lust can flare up can lead to us falling into pornography. A little harmless flirting or having what in our culture we call a work husband or work wife can actually lead to adultery. These small things, these acts where we compromise, where we know what we ought to do, where we know that we should put sin to death can lead to much larger sin. Therefore, don't seek to fit in. Do that which the Lord commands, even if your refusal to participate labels you as a weirdo or strange. Unlike Peter, stand up from among the servants in the den of Jesus' enemies and be counted as one of his. My final point is, The righteous will never be forsaken. Now when I speak about the righteous, what might come to mind to some is a good man or a perfect man. Yet if we read or if we study our Bibles, we would see clearly that the scripture teaches that there is none good. And this is seen clearly in Romans chapter 3 as Paul references the psalm. You might say, well, I might not be righteous, but surely I am not as bad as Caiaphas. He plotted the destruction of Jesus. He sought unfaithful witnesses to lie on Jesus. Surely, I am not that bad. So what might be true about what that person states is that you did not perform the particular act. But how many times did our mind ponder upon the destruction or the demise of someone understanding that vengeance is the Lord's? How often have we lied to protect ourselves from consequences that we actually deserve? Who among us can wash our hands and say that we have no part in the death of Christ? None can say that. You may not have driven any nails, but due to your sin, a savior was needed. No one is without excuse, as is stated in Romans, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Many might believe, like the Sadducees, that yes, I sinned, but there is no afterlife, or there is no savior, as, say, the Jehovah Witness might partially believe that there is no help, So this is a lie from Satan. He wants you believing that there is no consequences for your actions. That there is no one who can save you. That you can live like however you want. And nobody would hold you accountable for the things that you have said or the things that you have done. When Jesus finally breaks his silence in verse 62, this is what he says. I am and you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power and coming with clouds of heaven. Jesus entrusted himself to the will of the Father to save sinners like us. Could he have called down an army to defeat his enemies? He could Yet he chose to obey the Father even unto death. He lived a perfect life, never sinning, Always obeying the Father's will. In fact, the Scripture says, "As the Father speaks of His Son, this is My beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased." So He lived a perfect life, and He died a death that we deserve. Through faith in Jesus, in a, and in a true faith in Jesus, in agreeing that you are a sinner and Jesus' life and death is enough to pardon you from sins, you are made free. You're no longer a slave to sin. Have hope in the fact that Jesus will return. When we don't have Jesus, when we think that events are just happening randomly in our lives, when we see leaders that we trusted failing us, doom and gloom lays in our heads and in our hearts. I remember when Obama legalized same-sex marriage a few years ago. For me, that was a distressing day. Not only because of the sin that occurred, but I felt like we as believers, we were losing ground. But my focus was indeed off. Jesus, as he clearly states in this passage, he will return with power. He will do all that is right. We have hope and the Lord we have hope and we can know that the Lord controls it all, even though sin is prevalent.